ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरोत्तम दैवी सरस्वती व्यास जय मुधीरे नष्टु अभद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवतीर्णिकी कृष्णा वासुदेवाय देवकी नंदनाय नंदगोपकुमराय Hare Krishna. So this is the Canto Six, Chapter Four, which is called as the Hamsa Guhya Prayers, and our focus for today will be on text number twelve. As the father and mother are the friends and maintainers of their children, as the eyelid is the protector of the eye, as the husband is the maintainer of and protector of the woman, as the householder is the maintainer and protector of beggars, and as the learned. is the friend of the ignorant so the king is the protector and giver of life to all the subjects the trees are also subjects of the king therefore they should also be given protection so a quick context of what events have led up to this verse what is the situation at this point in time in the shrimad bhagavatam journey conversation between maharaj parikshit and sukhdev goswami is continuing we saw lot of discussions around the structure of the universe in the previous canto so one is that the, the structure has already been explained by uh, sukhdev goswami to maharaj parikshit very well but maharaj parikshit also knows that having created all this structure how did the jeevas enter this particular universe hmm? how was it infiltrated with uh, jeevas hmm? so sukhdev goswami starts narrating this past time by talking about the 10 sons of prachina bari who are known as the prachetas who have been given the task of um, uh, placing living entities into this already created uh, visarga or material universe if you like so uh, it is said that the prachina uh, the, the prachetas the sons of prachina bari entered into the sea to execute austerities and they were under the sea for quite for many many years so as a result there was no king to rule over the earth and when there is no ruler obviously then there is no order in society when there is in the absence of a ruler there is anarchy everything happens spontaneously there is no design there is no plan so there was no king now because there was no king the earth appeared to have been neglected and as a result of that this vegetation whatever was growing on mother earth was also very spontaneous there was no order structure to it there was no plan like uh, i was recently in india 
and i saw that buildings come up anywhere wherever there is there is no order anywhere buildings are coming up like mayapur you know the mayapur is known very famous for that anywhere wherever there is land somebody will put a building whether there is foundation or no foundation building is there <laughs> and some buildings are like the leaning tower of pisa right in mayapur right so therefore there is no order when there is no proper governance around something then there is no order and then there is chaos so many weeds and unnecessary trees had grown and there was no organized system of producing food grains so um, and and the land had become forest forest is good but there was no plan it was just forest which was just growing wherever it was growing now when the prachetas came out they had a choice they had a choice to exercise their leadership qualities and to bring order into this chaos they had that choice however they had another choice to become angry at the way situation was which choice did they exercise unfortunately the latter choice rather than being proactive they became reactive to the situation which is not a quality of a leader so prachetas came out angry at the trees and they started destroying all the trees it's like when you are angry the first person you see you want to unleash your anger on them <laughs> and if it happens to be your boss at office you can't afford to do it therefore but at home we can unleash our anger at our wife and children right because they won't say anything <laughs> right out of affection for us and they can tolerate us so therefore usually we unleash our anger on our people who love us most right and we don't unleash our anger on the people who we dislike most right so prachetas came out angry they were not able to control their anger so they saw all these trees were grown they said okay let us cut down these trees now the trees were the um, um, object of all their anger at this point in time and in order to do this mass destruction they created wind and they assured in fire to burn down all the trees to ashes so obviously there has to be someone who has to come to control this whole situation so the demigods are there who have been given the responsibility of maintaining order in society so a specific demigod in context namely the soma who is the king of the moon why moon specifically because moon is responsible for vegetation right so therefore he intervened and he came and told the prachetas hang on why are you doing this chaos here and as a part of that message he is giving so many beautiful instructions to uh, prachetas on true leadership and responsible leadership as a part of that conversation he tells the the, the prachetas my dear prachetas what is your job why do you exist why have you been created you have been created because you are prajapati the job of a prajapati is to protect and sustain living entities in this universe material universe now in order for living entities to sustain food and vegetation is the most basic need of human beings if you are attacking the very root of whatever you want to create and whatever is your goal then you are acting at cross purposes to your own objective so then what is the point in unleashing your anger in such a way that you are destroying that itself which you are meant to sustain right so please therefore understand the goal of why you have been given this leadership role first and foremost control your anger control your anger 
for if you don't control your anger then your anger can come in the way of execution of your duties so in that context today's verse is being said as the father and mother are the friends and maintainers of the children as the eyelid is a protector of the eye and the husband is a maintainer and protector of a woman as the householder is a maintainer and protector of beggars as the learned is a friend of the ignorant so the king is the protector and giver of life to all the subjects the trees are also subjects of the king therefore they should be given protection so he is reiterating this message of leadership the job of a leader is to protect and maintain now sila prabhupad opens his purport by saying that the supreme personality of godhead has designed a system of protection and maintenance for all jivas anyway so we don't need to create anything he has already designed the systems right now it is not difficult to see this one doesn't have to study the bhagavad gita to understand this a common observation on the outside and we will know that the sky is there to protect the birds if you see national geography when that tiger comes to eat the bird or whatever the carnivorous animal comes to it what does it do it immediately flies if there were no sky where will it go right so there is an automatic system of wings and there is there is sky so it can escape right so there is a system of protection given to birds there is water which is protecting the fishes today the earth is protecting the trees now as much as the earth is protecting the trees the trees are also protecting other living entities by giving them shade right a resting place from damaging sunlight from rain by offering fruits flowers and vegetables for maintenance so trees receive protection from another uh, uh, aspect of mother nature and trees also in turn give protection so in that sense there is a very beautiful uh, interdependence in within mother nature if you look within if you look outside obviously you can see all these things but if you look within our body also within our body also we have been given an immune system for our own protection no company no scientist has designed it it has automatically been designed by the lord himself the liver is there which is meant for detoxification it is already designed for us for detox right then a womb is given within the wife uh, within the body of a woman in order to protect the child before the child is delivered so it is so someone who doesn't even understand the bhagavad gita nobody needs to read the scriptures if we just connect and look back at mother nature we will see an intelligent design that is already existing one organ serves the other organ when i went to hospital recently for in, in mumbai for, for my father i was told that there is multi organ failure and the doctor was explaining how the lungs the heart the kidneys everything works in coordination if one goes for a toss very quickly the others go for a toss like that so there is a beautiful design there is a beautiful order so this is so much for you know the gross things which we can perceive but for maintaining order in society the lord also designed varanashrama dharma he has designed varanashrama dharma he says uh, what is that what is that famous verse chatur vid chatur varanam maya shishtam guna karma vibhagashah i have created this varanashrama system as a part of this varanashrama system he created the kshatriya class specifically the administrative class and the warrior class why 
for the protection of all other Varnashan ashramas. They have to protect the Brahminical layer and they have to also protect the other layers, the, the Vaishya as well as the Shudra layer. And the Lord also enjoined that the Brahmanas will protect the Kshatriyas because the Kshatriyas will have to be under the guidance, be, be guided by the Brahmanas. And for the protection of the Brahmanas, the Lord personally takes charge and He gives the scriptures, Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Therefore, the Brahmanas do Adhyayanam of the Shastra. They do study of the Shastras. So, like that, there is a beautiful design that is there. Now, the Pracheta's job is to take advantage of this already existing landscape created by God and to just do their job as Prajapatis, to just use this energy and all the knowledge is also given to them. Right? So, the Lord has made all these provisions for mankind. So, a living entity in that sense need not create anything and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The simple ask, the simple ask of the leaders of society is to simply sustain whatever the Lord has already created and not make it worse. And that also we are not able to do today. Right? That itself is a struggle for who? For human beings. Somebody was asking, which is the most dangerous creature on the planet in National Geography? Who is the most dangerous creature? Not the lion, not the tiger. The most dangerous creature is who? Human beings. We are the most dangerous creatures. Because the animals do act absolutely in accordance with the laws of nature. Hmm? A tiger will not eat vada pav, right, or pani bui, right? <laughs> right? Similarly, a, a cow will never eat, you know, uh, meat. Hmm? So, it is only human beings who have been given the power of discrimination. So, we have a free will to choose what we want to do, right? And because we have been given this higher intelligence which animals do not have, Therefore, it is only human beings who can be leaders of society. You, we have never seen an election where a tiger is appointed you know, in a democratic government. I vote for the tiger. Of course, political parties are named as tigers, but a tiger will not be given a vote. Right? They will put a picture of a tiger and then they will rule. Right? In Maharashtra, it happens specifically. There is a tiger behind. And then there is a political party which is ruling. Right? So, animals cannot be uh, leaders. Animals cannot be leaders. Only human beings who have to take this ownership of leadership in society. Now, there are several aspects of successful uh, leadership in society. The first and foremost aspect is what are the values of a leader? What are the core values and principles that a leader uh, can even give his life for? Those are called as the shared values in society. And if those values collapse, then everything else collapse. Then no matter whatever you build, like if a foundation is weak, then whatever skyscraper you build on it, you may build, you know, modular kitchen and you may put the best of paints, wallpapers, fall ceilings, jaguar taps, but everything is going to collapse because the foundation is weak. So, we see that today, the foundation in terms of values and principles, shared values, common principles society that is weak and that's why we see problems in leadership. So, there are two aspects, there are two definitions which we, which we learn in leadership. One is efficient leadership and effective leadership. Efficient, efficiency is about doing things rightly. Efficiency is about doing, doing things rightly, whereas effectiveness is about doing the right things. So, 
I can drive very beautifully hmm, towards Sydney following all the rules and regulations in a beautiful car hmm, and people will call me also as a very good driver, Jeeva, hmm, very safe driver. But unfortunately, I forgot that I had to go to Perth. So, very efficiently I am driving, very fuel efficient way of pumping the pedal but going in the wrong direction, so not effective. So, efficiency without effectiveness is useless. So, to be effective, the shared values and principles are important. And what are those shared values and principles? Prayojananyan, Sambandha Gyan and Abhideya Gyan. These three things are important. The goal of life has to be absolutely clear. If the goal of life is not clear, then the basic principle of whatever you are trying to build everything on is very weak. So, what is the goal of life? The Srimad Bhagavatam clearly says, Savai Pumsam Paro Dharma Yato Bhakti Adokshaji Ahai Tukhi Aprati Hata Yayatma Suprisadati The goal of life is to purify our consciousness and to develop unalloyed love for the Lord. So, whatever activities that we do have to be pleasing to the Lord. And every system in this world has to be designed towards that objective. Atta Pumbir Dvijashreshta Svaranachrama Vibhagashaha if the Lord is not pleased, whatever we do, big, big things that we do is of no use and it will not bring in auspiciousness. Secondly, Sambandha Gyan has to be there. The goal of life has to be known, but we also have to know who am I, who is Bhagavan, what is my relationship to the Lord and what is the relationship of this ecosystem with the Lord and what is my relationship with the ecosystem. All these interconnections have to be appreciated. Because nature has been created with a beautiful symbiotic relationship where there is a beautiful interdependence of every jiva on the other jivas. So, if the core principle of peaceful coexistence based on the goal of life, not peace just for the sake of peace, but peace which is conducive to realizing the goal of life. If that is there, then there will be no problem in society. So, Sambandha Gyanmi itself says that all living entities are parts and parcels, which it doesn't only say living, uh, human beings are part and parcels of God. So, if one understands all living entities are parts and parcels of God, then will one will truly understand the meaning of Praja. And then, when one understands that, one will also understand that the trees are also part and parcels, the animals are also part and parcels of the Lord. So, that requires knowledge. And then, obviously, Abhideya. Abhideya means Okay, I understand who I am, I understand who is Lord, I understand that attaining Him is the goal of life. Now, what do I do to attain that goal? That is called as Abhideya. Now, it is not just enough to teach Abhideya. It is also it is required that the government, the leadership facilitates the Praja in Abhideya, in following, in realizing the goal of life by following proper practices. So, if that support is not there from the government, then Praja can't uh, practice hmm, devotional service. Hmm. Praja can't execute its duties. Hmm. So, any form of governance in society must facilitate and encourage the goal of life and practices that are required to realize the goal of life. Otherwise, it is not real governance. And for that, the shared values and principles have to be in place. Hmm. Now, if the shared values and principles are in place and the leadership is already enlightened with the shared values, Automatically what will happen? The strategy which they put, the blueprint which they lay out for social governance will reflect. Hmm. That blueprint will reflect the understanding of those core values. Hmm. 
So all those strategic decisions, if they are based on these universal principles of love and brotherhood and of being part and parcel of the Lord, then we can see peaceful coexistence and cooperation in society. Otherwise, what will happen? We will see that these strategies become nuisance. Political strategy will become a nuisance. Defense strategy will become a nuisance. Right? Environmental strategy, fiscal strategy. There are so many strategies which, which, which is created. Social welfare schemes. Everything becomes nuisance if they do not facilitate the jivas in attaining the goal of life. Sometimes we see that these strategies are just, they just encourage people to enjoy life more without regard to Shastric injunctions without a sense of responsibility. So such strategy is of no use. At best, it may help some leaders be in power for some time. But eventually, it will destroy the very fabric of mankind. So there is shared values, then there is strategy. Then structure, there has to be a structure in society. What is that structure? That structure is Varanashrama Dharma, the structure of Varanashrama Dharma, which has been created. Because not all human beings are ready to accept the highest instructions hmm, given by Lord Chaitanya and come to the platform of uh, Radha Bhav. Right? People have to be given time for gradual purification. Hmm. And therefore, the Varanashrama Dharma system has been created so that people can gradually, from wherever they are, they can gradually progress towards that highest uh, goal hmm, or towards the highest milestone in spiritual life. And these classifications are also not based on birth. In India, we see uh, every time I go to India, this time also I saw that people are increasingly being divided on the lines of caste, language. And if you see the boundaries also within India are changing all the time. Earlier there was Andhra Pradesh, now it is Telangana and this and that. So everything is uh, becoming very divisive in its nature. right? And the political leadership is also fueling that divide. So, a, the structure has to be based on guna and karma, based on aptitudes of people. Everyone has to do some kind of an occupation to survive. Rarely is that soul who can chant attentively when one is jobless. Very few people can do that. The moment you lose job when there is a big financial problem, usually when we chant, we think of our finances. We can't think of uh, Krishna with love, with, a, with, with feeling. We can't chant with feeling. Hmm. Our whole, uh, our, most of the time when we sit for chanting, what comes to mind is our concerns. There could be health concern, there could be financial concern. So all these concerns start coming in our mind. So therefore, if the leadership does not facilitate addressal of basic issues in society, people will not be able to sit peacefully and practice devotional life. Of course, the ownership is not only on the leaders, the ownership is on us also. But since the theme today is leadership, we are talking it from the point of view of the leaders. Then there have to be, structure is simply not enough. There have to be systems in society for proper governance. It is a duty of these leaders to establish proper systems, policies and procedures for effective governance. Now, having taken birth in this material world, Every living entity has a duty towards Bhagavan, towards God. So, these governmental policies should be such that they facilitate and do, do not come in the way of living entities executing their duties towards God. There are a lot of duties we have. So, we have duties towards our uh, profession, we have duties towards our family and, and we have our highest duty which is duty unto God. 
so all systems in society should facilitate performance of these duties and not come in the way another important aspect of governance and leadership is the style which one adopts in leadership so the shastras whatever the shastras enjoyed many years back modern day management schools are also teaching the same thing today they talk about inverted pyramid what is inverted pyramid earlier the boss used to show himself right on top but today it's arrogance to show like that okay so today what we do the boss is right at the bottom and then the structure is there or they put some horizontal structure like that right many times you see this inverted pyramid and actually that is correct because the essence of leadership is servant leadership now leadership is a big responsibility it's a big responsibility leadership is is synonymous with service but unfortunately leadership today is seen merely as a position of power and status because when one becomes a leader one gets some powers especially if one becomes a leader for the first time he or she becomes so besotted with the power and position that comes with it that they forget the duty and then what happens that so they are inherent that the good nature that they had also they come under the mode of passion and ignorance and we see that their style is pretty condescending towards whoever is whoever uh, they are responsible for whereas as a leader mature a leader understands that leader understands that he is dependent on others for outcomes and when you understand that dependence when we understand and respect the fact that everyone contributes to a particular outcome even though i am the leader i am extremely dependent on them for their outcome then one starts really thinking inside and truly understands that yes my job as a leader is to simply bring the best out of my subordinates simply a leader similarly a leader of society has to bring out the best in the smaller leaders who who handle smaller portfolios and then those leaders again have smaller leaders so that is how the values of leadership percolates right from top so the a, a true leader adopts servant leadership and facilitates growth now servant leadership does not mean that uh, uh, a leader becomes so docile that people sit on his head and then take him for granted <laughs> so that is not servant leadership servant leadership is the core understanding that my job is to facilitate people now in order to facilitate positive outcomes in society a, a, a mature leader understands and is able to balance the right level of aggression and the right, right level of compassion if you see mature leaders are able to balance this very nicely so the famous i think was tennis player right peter barwash was he a tennis player right. in propat books we all often find peter barwash was a very famous personality right so um, i was hearing in a class that that prabhupad was uh, prabhupad was always you know uh, insisting on everyone chanting 16 rounds minimum 16 rounds right so some great personalities one of them being peter barwash he actually uh, was sitting in a car with prabhupad and he asked prabhupad prabhupad would you not give me initiation if i don't chant 16 rounds i am actually chanting four rounds right now will you not give me initiation so what did prabhupad say said no i will not give you initiation prabhupad did not say oh this is a very famous personality he will be so useful to me in terms of generating funds for the movement no so where it came to essential principles there was no compromise on that why 
not because prabhupad wanted to you know uh, impose on him 16 rounds but prabhupad was compassionate he knew that if one does not come to a minimum level of chanting then how will transformation happen in his consciousness so prabhupad was more concerned about peter barwash than maintaining his own leadership retaining his own leadership by being a good man to peter barwash and being a very uh, what do you call that user friendly leader <laughs> who caters to everyone saying yes yes today we see the predominance we see that many of these user friendly leaders are coming to power because uh, they are telling people what people want to hear and therefore you will see them on television often speaking things which are very nice people like to hear and they also talk about all those things only but we can clearly see that their goal is not uh, to lead people towards what is good for them but the goal is rather how can i become more and more popular how can i get more trp ratings when i speak so a true leader is 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 uh, does not worry about his own image a true leader truly works for welfare of society lokahit lokahitam now in his book spiritual warrior his holiness bhakti te swami also elaborates on lot of essential qualities of a leader so i'll just talk about some of that which uh, you can come across in his book first and foremost bhakti te swami maharaj said the first quality of if someone has to be a leader should be he should be in control of his own senses <laughs> sense control right without sense control nobody can be the leader because the first conquest of a leader is to conquer his own senses otherwise externally you can conquer so many things but if you have not conquered your own mind though your mind is always going to disturb you so that is the first conquest of a spiritual of a, of a leader so an example is given of a chinese warrior of the chinese warriors so this chinese warrior he was he had lot of he was very adept at martial arts so he went to a saint a saintly person and he demanded that saint come out he demanded the saint to come out the saint refused to come out and the chinese he could not because obviously his false ego was very high at that point in time and that led to anger how come you know i am such a big warrior how come this puny personality this saint is not listening to my instructions and coming out when i say because these warriors are used to people dancing at their instructions so the saint did not come out so he told the servant of the saint go and tell that saint that the controller has come <laughs> right the controller whatever that that region whatever you may call it as that the controller has come so the the saint from inside told the warrior that you are not a leader you are a butcher why control you don't know what is a basic principle of control you want to kill people who do not listen to your instructions so therefore how can you call yourself as controller because you cannot even control your own arrogance and anger you you are you are a servant of your own mind you are a servant of your senses you are not in control of yourself how can you call yourself as controller like that so obviously uh, this story uh, gives certain basic principles but for me personally the best um, uh, example of how to be a controller is given in nectar of instruction in the very first verse vacho vegam 
ಮನಸ್ಸಕ್ರೋಧವೇಗ ಜೀವಾವೇಗಂ ಉದರ ಉಪಶ್ತವೇಗಂ ಏತಾನ್ ವೇಗಾನ್ ಯೋ ವಿಷಹೇ ತದೀರಹ ಸರ್ವಮಾಪಿ ಮಾಂ ಪೃಥ್ವೀಂಸ ಶಿಷ್ಯ ಸೊ ರೂಪ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಗಿವ್ಸ್ ಅಸ್ ದ ಬ್ಲೂ ಪ್ರಿಂಟ್ ವಾಚೋ ವೇಗಂ ಅ ರಿಯಲ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲರ್ ಇಸ್ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ಹಿ ಸ್ಪೀಕ್ಸ್ ವಾಚ ಮನಸ್ಸ ಹೂ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲ್ ಇಸ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಕ್ರೋಧ ಹೂ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಆಂಗರ್ ವಾಚೋ ವೇಗಂ ಮನಸ್ಸ ಕ್ರೋಧ ವೇಗಂ ಜೀವಾ ವೇಗಂ ಹೂ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲ್ ವಾಟ್ ಹಿ ಈಟ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಹಿ ಡಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಈಟ್ ಉದರ ಉಪಸ್ಥ ವೇಗಂ ಹೂ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲ್ ದ ಬೆಲ್ಲಿ ಆಸ್ ವೆಲ್ ಆಸ್ ದ ಜೆನಿಟಲ್ಸ್ ಸಚ್ ಅ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಬಿ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಆಸ್ ಅ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲರ್ ಬಟ್ ಟುಡೇ ಇಫ್ ವಿ ಸಿ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ದ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೊಸೈಟಿ ದ ಪೊಲಿಟಿಷಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ಐ ವಾಸ್ ಹಿಯರಿಂಗ್ ಸಮ್ವೇರ್ ದಟ್ ದ ಪ್ರೆಸಿಡೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಝೈರೆ ನಾವು ದ ಝೈರೆ ಇಸ್ ನೋ ವಿ ಆಲ್ ನೋ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಸಮ್ವೇರ್ ಇನ್ ಆಫ್ರಿಕಾ ರೈಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ರಿಕಾ ಇಸ್ ನೋನ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಅಮಂಗ್ಸ್ ದ ಪೋರೆಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಪೋರೆಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ನೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಝೈರೆ ಸ್ಪೆಸಿಫಿಕಲಿ ಇಸ್ ಅಮಂಗ್ಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದೋಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಒನ್ ಇನ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಪೋರ್ ರೈಟ್ ವೆರಿ ವೆರಿ ಪೋರ್ ಕಂಟ್ರಿ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸೆಡ್ ದಟ್ ದ ಪ್ರೆಸಿಡೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪೋರೆಸ್ಟ್ ಕಂಟ್ರಿ ಇನ್ ಆಫ್ರಿಕಾ ವಾಸ್ ಅಮಂಗ್ಸ್ ದ ವೆಲ್ದಿಯೆಸ್ಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ನೌ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕ್ಲಿಯರ್ಲಿ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಮಥಿಂಗ್ ರಾಂಗ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಲೀಡರ್ಶಿಪ್ not to speak of the presidents of the united states one of the presidents former presidents of the united states he spent 40 million dollars only on his own case where he was uh, made accountable by the people for abusing a woman 40 million dollars was just spent in trying to just retain his to come out of his case like that so so obviously these leaders don't have any control over their senses nor they have any knowledge of how to govern society so bhakti dev swami maharaj talks about this first quality of sense control in a leader secondly he talks about education leaders have to be educated in what not just material education they have to be educated in the they have to have knowledge of the scriptures in bhagavad gita bhagavad gita 16.9 there is a beautiful verse it says i'll read a sanskrit first and then the translation ಏತಾಂ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಂ ಅವಸ್ತಭ್ಯ ನಾಶ್ತಾತ್ಮಾನೋ ಇಪ ಬುದ್ಧಯ ಅಲ್ಪಬುದ್ಧಯ ಪ್ರಭವಂತಿ ಉಗ್ರಕರ್ಮಣ ಶಯಾಯ ಜಗತೋ ಹಿತ ಫಾಲೋವಿಂಗ್ ಸಚ್ ಕನ್ಕ್ಲೂಷನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆಮಾನಿಕ್ ನೇಚರ್ ಫಾಲೋವಿಂಗ್ ಸಚ್ ಕನ್ಕ್ಲೂಷನ್ಸ್ ದ ಡೆಮಾನಿಕ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಟು ದೆಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ನೋ ಇಂಟೆಲಿಜೆನ್ಸ್ ದೇ ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ಇನ್ ಅನ್ಬೆನಿಫಿಷಿಯಲ್ ಹಾರಿಬಲ್ ವರ್ಕ್ಸ್ ಮೆನ್ ಟು ಡಿಸ್ಟ್ರಾಯ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ so we see this happening in today's society someone today may have the ability to rule the world but mere ability is not enough ability has to be backed by right education and education has to lead to right values for example we have the 12 aims of shastrik study given by shila prabhupad right what are the 12 aims of shastrik study we call it as cup fate mars knowledge understanding personal application preaching application faith and conviction authority theological uh, application evaluation evaluate what is good vis-a-vis what is bad evaluate situations mm? Mm? like that and then mood and mission mm? i am forgetting something what is the next day upanishad forgot huh? yeah integrity yeah responsibility shastra chakshu seeing everything through the lens of the shastras but you can only see everything through the lens of the shastras if you have studied the shastras <laughs> which leader of society has studied the shastras so there is no shastra chakshu hmm? so how can we expect them to give any kind of uh, spiritual vision hmm? and thereafter mission and objectives it's not possible right 
ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ತ್ರೀ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ದ ಫೇಮಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಯಶ್ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರವಿಧಿ ಉತ್ಸೃಜ್ಯ ವರ್ತತೆ ಕಾಮ ಕಾರತ ನ ಸಿದ್ಧಿ ಅವಾಪ್ನೋತಿ ನ ಸುಖಂ ನ ಪರಂ ಗತಿ ಹೀ ಹೂ ಡಿಸ್ಕಾರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಚರಲ್ ಇಂಜಂಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಅಕಾರ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಹಿಸ್ ಓನ್ ವಿಮ್ಸ್ ಅಟೈನ್ಸ್ ನೀದರ್ ಪರ್ಫೆಕ್ಷನ್ ನಾರ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ ನಾರ್ ದ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಡೆಸ್ಟಿನೇಷನ್ ಸೊ ದೇರ್ಫೋರ್ ಭಕ್ತಿದೇತ್ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ದೇ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರೀಕಲಿ ನಾಲೆಜಬಲ್ ಅದರ್ವೈಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ನೋ ಇಫ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಡೋಂಟ್ ನೋ ವೇರ್ ಟು ಗೋ ಹೌ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಯು ಗೋ ವೇರ್ ಯು ವಾಂಟ್ ಟು ಗೋ ಸೊ ಅ ಲೀಡರ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಟು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರಸ್ ಬಟ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರಸ್ ಡಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಮೀನ್ ದಟ್ ಅ ಲೀಡರ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಪೋಸ್ ಟು ಬಿ ನಾನ್ ವೈಲೆಂಟ್ ಅಟ್ ಆಲ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಸಮಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಐ ವಾಸ್ ಟ್ರೈಂಗ್ ಟು ಟಾಕ್ ಟು ಸಮ್ವನ್ ಇನ್ ಇಂಡಿಯಾ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೇ ವರ್ ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ಆನ್ ಅ ವೆರಿ ವೈಲೆಂಟ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಯು ನೋ ಯು ಯು ಸೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಇಸ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವಿ ಕೆ ನಾಟ್ ಎಕ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸಾರಿ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಹಿ ಎನ್ಕರೇಜ್ ಬ್ಯಾಟಲ್ ದಿಸ್ ವಾಸ್ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೈ ಓನ್ ರಿಲೇಟಿವ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಐ ವಾಸ್ ಟ್ರೈಂಗ್ ಟು ಸೊ ಹಿ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಜೈನಿಸಮ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ಗ್ರೌಂಡ್ ಸೊ ಹಿ ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ಜೈನ್ ಯು ನೋ ವಿ ಆರ್ ನಾನ್ ವೈಲೆಂಟ್ ಆಬ್ವಿಯಸ್ಲಿ ಯು ನೋ the question is if your wife were to be disrobed in public would you be non violent would you pay obeisances to that person and give message of peace you would take a gun and whatever is in your hand and you will first try to protect your wife right right and especially after you have given adequate warnings to that person krishna did not unleash the war or did not sanction the war uh, immediately after the vastaraharan happened there were lot of messages which were given after that after lots of peace attempts after lot of good instructions then there was a war so non violence is not the highest uh, principle in society quite the contrary there has to be violence but that violence has to be for the purpose of protecting dharma protecting the religious and annihilating the irreligious after adequate warnings <laughs> right so so it is not that a leader should not get angry now sometimes what can happen is when we read this section especially yesterday surya gopal prabhu did give a very nice class yesterday's version yesterday's theme was on anger because the the uh, soma uh, moon god is uh, talking to the pracheta saying that you know please do not unleash your anger in this way and destroy the trees but does it mean that uh, devotees are not supposed to get angry at all coincidentally as much as i you know i was on the roster today to for this bhagavatam class yesterday in our bhakti vibha we were dealing with this topic only hmm? what is the what was the context the context is when uh, the four kumaras enter the spiritual world vaikuntha and they are being stopped by jay and vijay at the seventh gate <laughs> so what happens immediately the four kumaras get angry right they are thinking these people in vaikuntha how can why is there a need for uh, gate keepers and gates in vaikuntha there is a natural gate that is there what is the natural gate the gate of lust anger envy greed and pride everyone is trapped this material world is often told to be a jail which has no gates everyone can go outside but nobody wants to go outside right there are no hard gates here so we are all bound by the three modes of material nature so the kumaras are thinking but there is absence of three modes of material nature in the spiritual world so what is the need of seven gates so obviously to cut a long story short obviously we are not diving deep into that section but the essence of that prabhupad explains that the kumara's anger should not be constituted as material anger it was their intense eagerness to have darshan of the lord hmm? the kumaras graduated from 
Brahman platform and they had understanding of Paramatma from their Guru and Father Brahmaji. Rambabhuta prasannatma na sochati na kaangshati. Samas sarveshu bhuteshu mad bhaktim lavate param. So therefore, when the, the four Kumaras did live a life of purity, yes, we accept that they were attracted to the impersonal. But it is not that impersonalists are hated by the Lord. Impersonalists just have an affiliation towards His own superior energy which is called as Brahman. So they are not sinners in any way. So the Lord is very compassionate to the impersonalists. Right? So, the Lord wanted to extend His mercy. It was the desire of the Lord to give them darshan. And when someone is very eager, and it is also said that these Kumaras were childlike, not childish, but childlike. Now, a child is very spontaneous. A child is not political. A child doesn't go to a house and ask who is the owner of the house, who, to who, does, who is funding all these things. Therefore, what should I play with? What, which room can I enter? Which room I cannot enter? A child is very, is very spontaneous. So, four Kumaras are very spontaneous. So, when they saw, like a child run towards a toy, the four Kumaras were running towards Vishnu. And then when they were stopped, they got angry and in their anger, they cursed. But the good part was that, though they cursed, they became repentant immediately thereafter. That is also mentioned, right? So, therefore, Prabhupada writes there, it is not that if a self-realized person will not get angry. Anger is very, very present in the spiritual world also. Even at the highest realms of bhakti, there is anger. How do we know that there is anger? This is from, known from the Brahmara Gita. If we study the Brahmara Gita section in the 10th canto, the Brahmara Gita is all about Radharani unleashing her anger on Krishna. Right? She is blasting that bumblebee. <laughs> right? And, and she doesn't know it is Krishna. And Krishna comes as that bumblebee because... He, he can't come in any other way in front of Radharani at that point in time. He knows she is very upset at him, right? And Radharani is giving left, right, center and Uddhava is watching all these things. What's going on here, right? I thought I came to give her knowledge of Krishna. But this is at some other platform. Lalita Saki is blasting Krishna almost all the time. That is the characteristic of left-wing gopis. Left-wing gopis, again, as we, as we discussed sometime earlier also, Left-wing gopis and right-wing gopis, they are different. The right-wing gopis are very submissive. Because what is the mood of right-wing gopis? Krishna, we are yours. When you think Krishna, we are yours, then you subjugate to the Lord's desire. But when you start thinking, Krishna, you are ours. That's the mood of left-wing gopis. So, the left-wing gopis cannot share Krishna with anyone else. So, they get angry. So, Lalita Taki gets terribly angry when Krishna is absconding. Like, so she is unleashing. He says, you don't have any jati, you black man. But Lord says that this chastisement which I am getting from the gopis is much more relishable to me than the Purusha Shuktam which is sung by the Smartha Brahmanas, which glorifies me. <laughs> this is better, right? So therefore, it is not that anger does not have its place in spirituality. Many times we are also we also uh, study in the Bhagavatam the anger of a guru towards his disciple. That is also not material anger. Hmm? So that anger is not conducive which stems from one's desire for sense gratification. So if one wants to enjoy one's senses and one is inhibited from enjoying the anger which comes from attachment to one's desire hmm? and greed, that anger is material anger. But that anger which is unleashed when one is prevented from executing one's devotional duties, 
is 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 perfectly acceptable even in vaikuntha right and that's why the spiritual master gets sometimes angry at the disciple because the spiritual master is not coming from his own false ego the spiritual master is committed if you see in iskon so many sanyasis and even grihasthas they have dedicated their lives to serve prabhupada's mission which is not an easy decision for any one of us to take so when they get angry what could be possibly the reason they will get angry when when a person has given his life when the person doesn't have any bank balances when the person is roaming from one place to another just to spread krishna consciousness what else could be their motive so if one understands this then one will also understand that anger has a rightful place now why we discuss this is because here we see that the pracheta's anger was not based on any spiritual uh, uh, mood the pracheta's anger was simply what's going on here hang on we did so many austerities and when we thought after we coming out of these austerities everything will be very orderly but the trees are growing anywhere the forest vegetation you know if there is lot of chaos therefore you know how dare this happened and then they start cutting now this is so hiranyakashipu also performed austerities right so this is not the mode of the austerities of saintly personality this is the mode of almost like hiranyakashipu's mode of austerities where because i have performed an austerity therefore as a reward the world has to revolve around my opinions and views <laughs> and everything has to be in order because i did austerity just like for example sometimes when we do austerities at home especially the nirjal then what happens sometimes the blood pressure goes up and the anger melts up towards the evening right i am fasting don't you know <laughs> i have a headache i have a terrible headache don't irritate right now <laughs> like that right so better to eat something accept our fallen position and be pleasant and spread krishna consciousness and spread positive vibrations at home so therefore that anger which stems from the mode of ignorance is not conducive then bhakti tiya swami maharaj goes on to further say that leaders must protect and maintain now the job of a leader is not just to give physical protection that is definitely the job of a leader no doubt about that but the job of a leader is to give the highest protection to society what is the highest risk to society today that is what begets the highest protection what is the highest risk prabhupad writes that in bhagavad gita purport neha vikrama nasosti pratvayona vidyate svalpa vapesa dharmasya trayate mahodavaya prabhupad says the highest danger is losing the human form of life so the job of a leader is to ensure that human beings don't lose their human form of life and fall down into the animal species so the leader has to facilitate spiritual education amongst the prajas so and that is how a leader will fulfill his responsibility towards his citizens towards the environment and therefore towards god without protection it is said in society sinful tendencies will increase so where there is no protection there is a predominance of sin and we see the example of vena vena was a useless king in one sense but when vena was ruling at least the rogues and ruffians were in control because vena was a bigger rogue and ruffian than them <laughs> but when vena was killed and no leader was instituted in his place what happened society went towards anarchy so it is said that when there is no governance society will move towards sin in the manu samhita it is explained what is the standard of protection everything has to have a gold standard no so the standard of protection physical protection standard of physical protection is explained in manu samhita the law of mankind 
it is said when a woman when a beautiful woman a young beautiful woman who is wearing all expensive ornaments on herself is standing in a solitary place in the dead of the night and nothing happens to her by the morning then that is the standard of protection that means society is running perfectly <laughs> then the leader is successful if that happens either out of values or out of fear of punishment whichever way there is order in society so the leader is successful this is the gold standard for protection as per manu samhita now pro- protection if i have to protect someone i need empowerment also to protect someone i also need to be empowered so protection needs some power usually in society such powers come through lineage or pedigree or it comes through acquisition you forcefully acquire power like today we are seeing right one leader is trying to forcefully acquire power over another country like that so but leadership which comes out of lineage or acquisition is not enough for successful governance because such leadership can be frittered away when one comes under the subjugation of the three modes of material nature you may acquire something but then you are also subjugated by the three modes so you may lose it eventually so it is said that that power which comes through austerities is always good not the hiranyakashipu type austerities which is austerities in the mode of goodness the power which you get the spiritual prowess which one acquires by dint of one's sadhana by dint of one's spiritual practices and austerities thereof that is good in the long term such power is good in the long term for society why because the premise of such power is purity and prabhupada said purity is the force what is the purity that purity is the spiritual prowess which one acquires so shrimad bhagavatam canto 4 talks about eight opulences which one can get as a result of one's austerity and it is said that anyone who has has these eight opulences can rule society very nicely now we see that our spiritual leaders also led by example for example when bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur when he wanted to launch himself as a global preacher and he when he had to when he knew that i had to weed out mayavad from this place then he performed severe austerities spiritual austerities to please the lord and to get the lord's mercy to please his spiritual masters and get their blessings similarly it is mentioned that shila prabhupad also before prabhupad went to the west he used to go to advaita bhavan and chant and the pujaris there many people have observed the austerities of shila prabhupad before he prabhupad launched himself for his mission in the western countries so protection needs power and power needs austerity now the prachetas also did austerity but their austerity was in the mode of not does not look to be in, does not seem to be in the mode of goodness because for where it to be in the mode of goodness their approach towards this vegetation and trees would have been different more proactive rather than reactive having acquired power that power should not be misused this is another lesson given by bhakti teeth swami maharaj and we have seen enough examples in the world of misuse of leadership we are seeing one currently in the world which has put the whole world into a big uh, quagmire like that we have seen hitler we have seen vena we have seen so many examples we have seen hiranyakashipu we have seen kamsa misuse gross misuse of power despite ability to do lot of 
austerities. So it is therefore mentioned that the goal of austerity is to develop purity, to lead a proper movement for Krishna, not to overpower Krishna. Get power so that you can serve the Lord effectively, not with the mood, how can I overpower the Lord or how can I overpower the devotees. That austerity is not fruitful in the long run. Finally, anger management. Anger management or controlled aggression, they are the same thing. There has to be some aggression, otherwise people will sit on our head as we discussed earlier. Now, accountability is the basic premise behind anger. So, a leader is naturally accountable to his praja. And how do we know that? We have seen in Srimad Bhagavatam, Maharaj Prithu. Maharaj Prithu also got very angry. But the anger of Maharaj Prithu was driven by his sense of accountability to his praja. He knew that the earth was, he wanted to flatten the earth, if you remember that past time. Earth was not producing food grains. So Maharaj Prithu therefore got angry and he leveled the earth so that it produces food grains. He didn't destroy, but he leveled the earth. So this is accountability. This is anger which comes from a deep sense of accountability to the citizens. Similarly, we see Maharaj Parikshit also. A deep sense of accountability. When the bull was being mistreated by the personification of Kali, he immediately intervened and chastised. So that is aggression, but it is controlled aggression which comes on the platform of accountability. Like that we will see umpteen examples of uh, leaders who have shown anger for the right purpose. So violence is essential as long as the intentions are clear, which is to protect dharma and violence which is implemented in accordance with Guru, Sadhu and Shastras with a pure intent of saving society. So in conclusion of this particular section, we see today's class in Srimad Bhagavatam, we see that the moon, moon god Soma, he is offering very valuable insights in the preceding verses as well as the subsequent verses into different aspects of effective leadership and governance so that the prachetas can be successful in implementing the vision which the Lord has for society and in their role as true Prajapatis. Thank you. I'll just stop here and ask if any questions are coming. Yes, and Kesha Prabhu was also mentioning in our Bhakti Sarvabhama class uh, last week that um, Prabhupada used to get angry with his uh, devotees if after training also they were irresponsible. But same Prabhupada was there is another side of compassion where he could have easily got angry. So once it was said that there was arti being performed and you know when like Rajraj Prabhu sometimes you take the arti around right to everyone you know, to do this and when the arti was taken around one person came over there and he <laughs> took his cigarette. <laughs> so but Prabhupada was, Prabhupada was shocked it is said. Kesha Prabhu was saying Prabhupada was just shocked.
what's going on here, like that. Okay. But obviously because that person was doing out of ignorance, so Prabhupada showed compassion to that person. And today it is said that person is a guru in our movement, right, same person. So this is, uh, so on one hand Prabhupada was angry at his disciples who were following, who accepted his authority, but Prabhupada was compassionate to someone who did not, was ignorant of his authority. So it's, it's very subtle in that sense. Yeah, so Prabhupada could discriminate because Prabhupada's only goal was how can I bring people and keep them inspired in Krishna consciousness. Because that purity was there, then therefore all his decisions and his anger was also directed towards that outcome. Anything else? Yes, Padaji. Very good question. <laughs> so she is asking, how do we know if, in short, you are asking, how do we know if Krishna is pleased with our actions? So, again, I am just re-quoting whatever I have learnt from my seniors. So I have been, I have heard uh, from the senior devotees that um, if our enthusiasm to do bhakti is barkara, barkara means intact, then we know that we are going in the right direction. If we are not pleasing the Lord, usually when is the Lord not pleased? The Lord will never be displeased if we make mistakes. Because He is not expecting perfection from us. He is bhavagri, He is not outcome grade. Right? <laughs> but if the mood is improper, even if the outcome is good, He is not pleased. For example, I have made a beautiful flower garland for the Lord. But in making the flower garland, I have placed the wreath of so many dead bodies are there on top of devotees. <laughs> right? I have, I have behaved in such a manner with other devotees, such a way that, you know, the Lord doesn't even want my flowers. Right? Or, I have sung a very beautiful kirtan, very properly, you know, music was correct, tal, rag was correct. But the intent of my singing was to show how good a singer I am. So, it is the intent behind an activity, the purity of purpose which pleases or displeases the Lord, not the excellence with which that item has done. But that doesn't mean we should not have excellence. But the premise of excellence in services should be purity of purpose. So, if that is there, then the Lord is automatically pleased. Now, that is, that is the philosophy. The symptom of whether the Lord is pleased or not is in whether our, what is our level of enthusiasm for devotional service? What is our level of enthusiasm to associate with devotees? Usually we will find that people who commit Vaishnava Aparat time and again, we will usually find that their taste for devotional life will go down and therefore their relationships with devotees will also be very poor and we will, and then what happens? When that happens, Prabhupada says in one of the purports, to Srimad Bhagavatam in Canto 3 that eventually the Lord's there, thereby facilitates their forgetfulness of Him. So, so if we want to measure the barometer of whether Krishna is pleased with us, how often in a day are we remembering the Lord in an anukul manner? How is our relationship with devotees? These are all indicators of whether the Lord is pleased with us or not. So is that, and then, ah yes, Kesha Prabhu, I remember, once said this in the class, 
that one of the immediate barometer of whether Krishna is pleased or not is the level of material desires that we have. One of the symptoms of poor sadhana or Vaishnava Prat is that our immediately our material desires which were very latent, they will all surface. <laughs> Suddenly you will find that you know, our attraction to you know, fancy cars or fancy houses or to wallpapers and whatever, whatever. You know, all these things will increase. Which means that something is wrong somewhere. Hmm? Because Prabhupada said material life and Krishna consciousness go ill together like that. So these are all the symptoms. Is it okay, Mataji? Else? Okay. Grantra Shimad Bhagavatam ki, Prabhupada ki.